As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I'm your host, Josh G. And today I am joined by actor Dennis Mallon. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Josh, great to be here. Appreciate your time. I know we scheduled a few weeks back and I'm glad I'm on today, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I schedule with quite a few people over these next two weeks because I got family out of town, which means I'm knocking out a bunch of episodes and building up a bank. So there you that's, go. That's hey, what I do when I can. <laughs> you can, you can. Right. Good for you. All right, so I know we talked previously. I know you have a lot of stuff in the works, so why don't you just take a few minutes and talk about everything, where they can find whatever you currently have out, and talk sure. a little bit about what sure. you can coming up. Well, I'm uh, I'm in the business uh, 25 plus years. I'm originally born in New Jersey, lived in New York. I'm now in Florida. I'm in Central Florida for about eight years now, and uh, there's just a ton of stuff going on. I I'm, I produce. I'm producing a commercial right now for a large international hotel chain. But outside of that, I, I do a lot of acting. Um, I've got uh, some Marvel-esque type movies coming out that I've been I've been scheduled for. I've got uh, what's called The Italians. It's an international crime drama. Can be shot in six different countries. That's coming up for next year. And I, I'm going to be in New Mexico around December shooting a feature film. So, you know, all my life, all my career, I've just been rolling project to project to project, which... Hey, I ain't complaining. Believe me. I'm just very happy, very blessed. And it, it's it's funny, as you and I were discussing, you know, when I go to watch a movie, Josh, probably the same thing with you. It's tough to enjoy it. It's tough to enjoy it because, again, it's my craft, right? It's my art. It's, it's my job. So I'll sit there and I'll analyze it right from the get-go, uh, from the direction, from the actors, from everything. But movies recently, man, Dune, as we were talking, I got lost in it. And I, I know every book I've read, the prequels, the, the postquels, his son's books. I've read it all. And I'm so impressed by Denny Villeneuve, what he did, and just the, the whole cast. You know, to see Maverick. You know, I was lost in Maverick. Um, other movies, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of tough. You know, if, if you don't catch me and if you don't lure me and pull me in and if you understand it, you understand it. But a lot of times it's just, it's just tough. You know, it, I hate for you to be my partner next to me watching the movie because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no, no, you should have waited a beat. No, you should not No, no. And, and whoever I'm with, they're like, well, you just shut up. And yeah. I, I can't just sit there and enjoy it because it's, it's my thing. And that's how I learn. I mean, I've taken all of two classes my entire career because um, I basically feel that being on set, whether as an extra supporting actor, producer, lead actor, you're always learning. You're always growing. I'm fortunate enough. I do coach some new actors every now and again. And they're like, well, you know, I went to this school. I went to that school. I'm studying this method. I don't care. It's like going to the gym. You know, well, back in the day, I used to do this. Well, what are you doing today, Johnny? right? Are you in the gym? Are you doing the reps? I don't care about the weight you're doing. I just care you're doing something. When you're on set, you're always learning from your fellow actors, from the crew, from the director. You're always learning. There's always something to grow with if you're open and willing to learn, okay? There's only so much you can learn from a class. Now, classroom environment, it's, it's sterile, right? It's safe and stuff like that. I've always been kind of thrown to the wolves type of guy. You know, I've always been baptized by fire. Various things in my career. Uh, my mother at one time, we ran a business and she threw me in a microphone. And she's like, go, go MC this thing. Okay. Hey, thanks for coming. It's just certain things, certain innate ability. Now, I learned early on that I'm a method actor. Josh, my first everything was of mice and men. Okay. I played Lenny. 26 years ago and did a showcase, did, diff, did 10 different 
you know, uh, 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 plays and stuff like that. And after the, after the second, I'm driving home from Manhattan to New Jersey and I'm crying and I'm stammering and I'm stuttering. I, I'm so emotional. Call my mentor, Jim Demonic. is like, well, obviously you're a method actor. And I'm like, Jim, I don't care what that means. This sucks. This totally sucks. Now, if you know about method acting, you know, Robin Williams, rest in peace, Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in peace, Heath Ledger, uh, Al Pacino, Christian Bale. I can go on and on and on. You need to be able to let it go. Now, I've been very blessed, very fortunate. I do two veterans pieces this year. I did one recently called Faces of PTSD. It's up on my YouTube and I'm depicting the executive producer, him as a veteran, what he went through dealing with his PTSD, with a psychiatrist and with his friends. And he comes to me halfway through. He goes, he goes, you know, you, you're, you're too hardcore. And I go, well, what do you mean? I need you to emote. I go, OK, now I'm depicting him. I go, well, tell me what 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 happened during this time? He goes, I broke down. I was like a baby crying. I go, OK, I go, give me a second. And I was able to work it up. I was able to go there and I was able to deliver it. And once we cut and I got, boom, I got myself back together. I go, so what do you think? Oh my God, that was amazing. (laughs) And it's, it's interesting, Josh, because you do your work because you love it. You enjoy it. You don't do it for the kudos, kudos per se. The director, young guy, he he's worked with Frank Gorillo. He worked with, uh, Mickey O'Rourke, Mickey O'Rourke and stuff like that. And he goes, you're better than actor than Frank Grillo. I'm like, well, thank you, man. And he, he goes, you can emote. He goes, Frank can't. And I'm like, I never, I never looked at it that way. And I said, I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me. So you never know what you have and what you can bring to the table until you're challenged and until you're there. Now, I've always run this like a business. And I teach new actors that it's show business, not show friends. It's show business. Okay. You run your show here. It's a business. Why? Because clubs don't pay. Okay. Uh, Hobbies don't pay. If you want to make a go with this, you've got to run it accordingly. And that's what I've been able to do. And, you know, I work it every day. I push the ball forward every day. I had another podcast yesterday. I've got another podcast tomorrow. And what, why do I do, why do I do them? A, I love engaging. I love questions. I, I grow that way, but it also gives me reach. It also allows me to reach out to maybe a whole new audience, maybe a whole new demographic, maybe people that haven't seen my work before. So it's building what I call a friend base. You know, I'm not looking for fans. I'm not looking for fanatics. That's the least thing. I want to build my friends. I want to build my, my, my sphere of influence and see how I can help people because my legacy will be my body of work. And have I moved people through my body of work? Has someone seen my movie and said to my grandson, Oh my God, that's your granddad. Oh, that was a great movie. That would be amazing. Now we just lost J- Jimmy Khan, right? Sonny from the Godfather. I'm Irish, Italian, Brazilian. I would go over my, my grandparents' house, Easter, Christmas, St. Patty's Day, whatever holiday it is, Festivus. What do you think we're watching? The Godfather. Okay. So from a wee lad all the way on, The Godfather. And I I heard someone review Godfather 1, 2, and 3 recently. And somebody said, Michael Colleone died like the dog he was. And I, I was like, I take issue with that because A, you don't understand the culture. B, you don't understand what he was trying to achieve. And C, you obviously don't have a clue. You're looking at you're looking through today's lens, today's eyes, because I don't know your ethnicity. It doesn't matter. Whoever came over to this country one way, shape or form, they had to take care of their own. You know, they were what's the word I'm looking for? They had it. They had to take care of their own. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, I'm not. It's not coming to me either. Yeah, they, they, they were in their own clique. Because they were made fun of, they were picked on. Uh, it was ethnocentricity. The Italians had to take care of their own. And Michael Corleone was all about his family, doing good for his family. You know, it's not his fault that Fredo, 
<laughs> made a left turn. It's not, it's not his fault that Hyman Roth had his own agenda. He was all about the family. So in Godfather 3, the culmination, right? I want to get out. You pull me back in. He got out of the business. He built something for his next three generations. And what's the old adage? You know, one generation, one hard generation makes another generation weak. You know, because you've worked so hard, you've grinded, grinded out. So the next generation has it easy, right. right? And the third generation loses it all. I read something recently. I think it was like the Emir of UAE uh, and how his grandfather was a sheep herder. I'm going to screw up this story. So, that, you know, please don't hold it against me. How his grandfather was a sheep herder, let's say. I don't know. But he worked, 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 grind, 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 built an empire. His son built, 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 grind, 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 built an empire. So to set, instead of them driving a goat, now they have Mercedes, blah, blah, blah. Their third generation is going to be so soft, right? Hard times build hard men. Soft times build soft men and you lose it all. I don't know if that was a good adage, but you get my point. <laughs> yeah, no. That was what he's trying to build. Now I have kids and I want to do, I want to work hard. So my kids have it easier. So their kids would have it easier. So that's, you know, when, when I hear reviews like that, people, I, I think, miss the entire message, okay. you know? Right, let me get your take on this. I've been seeing more people. You had brought up the film classes, all that. And I've been yeah. seeing more people saying, don't go to film school. When you're 18, just get on a set. Work for free. Just be on a <laughs> set to get that experience. What, what, what do you think about that? So there's, there's two, three trains of thought. I'm going to give you my opinion for what it's worth. Now, I work with the schools down here. I work with Full Sail. I work with Ringling. I, look, I work with Valencia. They're all great programs. You're not going to get out of it. You're not going to graduate with your undergrad, grad degree, whatever they have, um, and call MGM or call Paramount and say, here I am. Give me that $100 million budget ready to direct. You still have to pay your dues. Now, you're a little more technically savvy. Now, back in the day, I went to culinary school. Right out of high school, I learned how to cook. It doesn't mean I can come in and run a restaurant. It doesn't mean I'm going to come in and be an executive chef. I had to pay my dues. I had to be in the back peeling the onions, chopping the onions and doing all that BS. It's the same thing. You just come out a little more experienced, a little more technical. Because let's face it, even you go for your, for your degree in business, economics, medical degree. You learn the proper way of doing something. And then when you're in the field, you have to learn the real way of doing something. Okay. You get, you get that point, you know, in school. Now I never went to film school, but I've done a lot of films for all those schools. And the reason why I do it, Josh, I want to meet the next generation because somebody popping out of, out of that school will be the next Tarantino or will be the next whatever, put it, whatever director's name to it. And I'm hoping that if I build enough rapport and that person happens to pop, they're going to remember me. And okay. that's what it's all about. And, you know, it's all about networking. It's all about relationships and networking. Because I can't tell you, I was, telling, I was talking to someone today. Whenever I'm on set, somebody always comes up to me during filming and says, hey, man, I really want to talk to you. I got the script. You would be perfect for the, for the lead role. And I'm like, hey, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Can we talk once we're done? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk once we're up. But that's the relationship aspect. So you've got from an acting school, you've got Al Pacino that uh, went to, uh, I'm going to screw this up. I think it's a New York Actors Academy. I, I, I don't remember exactly. My mentor, James Ronald Demonic Jr., used to teach at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and Sciences. Okay. There are tons of actors that haven't gone to formal school and that are Oscar award winning actors. So, you know, there's something on YouTube, there's something on the internet. You, you Google, you know, <laughs> acting school versus non-acting school. And I think you'll get Mr. Pacino and somebody else giving their opinion. So from my perspective, you know, I just had a good friend, his, his daughter graduated from NYU Tisch. So what did that cost him? A hundred grand? I don't know. Now she's got to come out 
and she has to start as an extra or she might have to start as a PA, but now you have to work your way up. So I don't know. It's like, why, why do people go to Brown University, Yale, Harvard? Do they go for the Harvard school and the Harvard education? I would argue they go for the networking. Okay. Because you and I, we, we've got kids. We're both Harvard grads. Okay. We all should be so blessed, right? <laughs> we have Harvard, we, you know, and you're the CEO of Josh Inc. I'm the CEO of my company. And you call me up. Hey, Dan, how you doing? Josh doing great, man. Having the best quarter of, of the year. We're rocking and rolling. Hey, you remember Josh Jr.? Sure. What's going on? Hey, it just got out of Harvard MBA. Oh, God bless. That's awesome. Hey, Dan, can you bring him on? Can you bring him to a executive program? Without a doubt. It's networking. It's networking. And, and again, that's what it comes down to. The actors that I coach, I tell them whenever they're on set, big set, small set, keep your mouth closed, keep your ears open, make as many friends as you can, listen, because everyone's going to talk about who the best casting agents are. People are going to talk about who the best directors are. People are going to talk, talk about the next up, up and coming big project. And you're going to be there all smiles, all bright eyed, bushy tailed, because they're going to say, damn, that guy's a good guy. Okay, you're never going to talk sex, politics, religion. I was on set recently where Doran Lunch, the executive producer, started spouting off about the Supreme Court and recent rulings and stuff like that. And the only the only ones that know my opinions are my cats. <laughs> and, and if I need to vet, I vet with them. And if I'm wrong, they walk away. And if I'm right, they stay and they look at me and they kind of agree with me. So that's the you know, nobody needs to know how I feel about anything. I picked up lunch and I walked out of the room. You know, I made believe I was on my cell phone because I'm not going to get into it. And, and I learned early on, Josh, I, I learned years and years and years ago. If, if one producer is one way politically and I happen to spout off on social media, you know, and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's tough enough. It's competitive enough. I'm not going to cut my nose off to spite my face. Or someone's on another side and I spout off anti-whatever, anti-whatever. Why would I limit my opportunities because I'm sharing my thoughts? Nobody cares. Okay? I don't care. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not going to buy into anything. Okay? I'm going to do my thing and go from there. So... I, I know that's that's kind of a thousand thousand for viewer answering questions. I did take two courses at New York Performance Works, uh, one with Angela Matabano, uh, a New York Italian woman. I still consider her a mentor of mine. She had a, she kicked me in the ass. She read me the riot act as an Italian mother would and should. But I learned how to read copy. I learned how to be professional. And she taught me a lot. She really helped me get started. And then Mark Reihardt taught me basic scene study, how to break down a script, how to prepare, how to emote, and how to get into that. But outside of that, my friend, the, the best class is getting in there, getting your hands dirty, and uh, you know, doing, doing freebies, doing whatever you need to do. Getting into that gymnasium and doing the reps every day. That's how you get stronger. That's how it's done. Hey, so I know you mentioned you have a YouTube channel. Where else can they find your work? Sure. You know, I'm, I'm new to TikTok, <laughs> but my social media manager says I need to be on TikTok. So I'm, I'm TikTok and every day, brother, I'm at the gym. I'm posting a gym video. I'm trying to post on TikTok four to eight times a day. Oh, wow. Okay. And what he said to me, he goes, you have such an interesting life. You should just post what you're doing anyway. I'm like, all right, well, that's pretty cool. I mean, at, at my age, I mean, I'll do whatever I need to do. So I'm on TikTok, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. Of course, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I've got a Facebook fan page and I'm all over the place. But, you know, here's the thing with me. If I can help anybody with anything, anything whatsoever, I'm more than happy to. Please find me. Please reach out to me. Be more than happy. And that's just Dennis Mallon everywhere. That's it, man. It's it's me and my son. I'm six one. My son's five shorter than me so 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 you know we we both have the same forehead poor kid 
but uh outside of that you know uh yeah it's just it's just me out there thank god can you imagine if there's another one of me out in like wisconsin or something like that that would just be scary <laughs> well you know it's funny enough there's someone i've seen on twitter like and his name is one letter off from someone i work with and they look almost exactly the same and i'm like wow you know i i digress <laughs> when i was in technology i had a uh, had a big bank and i worked with this one guy and this one guy's friend this one guy's partner his name is dennis mallon now, he's got to be 20, 25 years my senior. I'd answer the phone, Dennis Mallon, and click. And then Rob's cell phone would go off. Hey. And I'm like, I didn't I didn't set this up. I don't know. I mean, is that crazy, though? Yeah, that your, is. Your partner's name is Dennis Mallon. It ain't me. <laughs> yeah, that is. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to get on to the movie of the night. Sure. And let's talk about. And I had already done David Lynch's Dune last year before the new Dune came out. Got it. So tonight we're going to focus on last year's Dune 2021. You need to face your fears. I've been having dreams about a girl on Arrakis. The Emperor asks us to bring peace. House Atreides accepts. Kill them all. A great man doesn't seek to lead. He's called to it. Ready PG-13. Yep. All right, so did, so did you see this in theaters? Yeah, I saw it uh, five times. <laughs> I saw it five times. And believe me, every time I saw it, I, I catch, I, I catched, yeah, I caught something new. <laughs> There's something I missed each time. And I, I just, I keep catching something new. And it's, first off, I mean, if you go watch this, you cannot compare it to David Lynch's. You've got to go in there and you've got to shake it off and you can't expect the same thing. David Lynch's movie, as you and I quickly discussed, they tried doing too much. They tried squeezing too much in. David Lynch even put some of book two, Children of Dune, in, in the movie. And unless you understood it or unless you read the books or unless you were around fellow nerds that can discuss it and analyze it, you were lost. You were just lost. Why is he thinking to himself? What is that woman in the black robe? What is this? What is that? What does it all mean? Fast forward. Denny Villeneuve, master at his craft. Master at his craft. If you watch any of his YouTube videos, as to how he broke down each scene. Josh, there is one scene with Paul Atreides and the Goom Jabbar. And the Goom Jabbar. Okay? And it was him and the Reverend Mother, Guy's Helen Mohan. That scene, it took him about two weeks to edit that scene. Because he wanted to get it perfect. And the way he explains that one scene alone, how pivotal it is. He explained it looks like a chessboard. You've got the Revan mother in black in the middle of this room, okay, that looked like a chessboard. And she used the voice and brought him near, dropped him to his knees. You know, now he's still indignant as a, as, you know, as, as a prince, as, you know, royal. But, uh, you know, she had a test to see if, he, if he's human. And you're thinking, well, what does that even mean? If you know the books and, and the entire Dune universe, there's a lot going on. You know, are you are you from Tylaxu? Are you are you from the Mentat tanks? You know, where are you coming from? Are you from Ix? Are you a machine from Ix and a Butlerian Jihad, which is a prequel? So there's a lot going on. And, you know, from Oscar Isaac uh, playing Duke Leto, I thought he was perfect. I thought he was perfect from the get go. From Xiaomei, I thought Xiaomei was perfect Xiaomei was very intuitive in his acting he was very natural in his acting not saying that Kyle McLaughlin was forced Kyle McLaughlin was probably about 30 and he was trying to portray a 15 year old okay Timothy Xiaomei pulled that off seamlessly Zendaya okay now the second movie which apparently they're already shooting much to my chagrin 
And I'm going to tell you here live at uh, 625 p.m. I'm not. I am not in Dune 2, Josh. Oh, I am devastated. I'm not. I, I wish I had a big something else to tell you. I'm not in Dune 2. I'm not. So I not. It's not, I, it's I, not I, done yet. It's not done yet. You know, it's not done yet. And I've said on many a podcast, I would give my left anything. I will fly myself anyway, Mr. Villeneuve. I will fly myself. You can you can make me a Fremen. Please, Fedakeen, I'd appreciate. You can blow me up. Um, whatever you need me to do, I'll be more than happy. I'll ride the same. I'll ride Shai Hulud for you. But I think even from a technical perspective, you look at Shai Hulud, you look at the sandworm, very different, very different. You look at you look at the fight, all that stuff was really not even a hundred pages of book one. It really isn't. It really isn't a hundred pages. Now, of course, I reread the book prior to the movie, and he really just scratched the surface. And I think he wanted to. And I'm not speaking for him, but I've watched his YouTube interviews. He wanted to slowly build character. He wanted everyone to understand, you know, what's the conflict with Duke Leto and Lady Jessica? How come he never married her? Concubine. Now, not to give anything away, by, by the time Duke Leto is, is uh, killed, she's pregnant. Who is she pregnant with? Well, let's flash forward a little bit. I'm not giving a spoiler. She's pregnant with Paul's sister, Aria. But Aria is going to be born as a reverend mother. So the reverend mother, guys, Helen Moham, says she's an abomination. So here's this infant that I assume, and I cannot wait for Dune 2, they're going to show that. And here's this infant with the power of a Reverend mother. So it's just, you know, when you, when you peel back the layers and peel back the onion, I love what he did because he took his time. I wish he did like um, uh, Lord of the Rings. I wish he did like that and just kept filming because Lord of the Rings, what were they on set four or five years straight? Something like that, yeah. I know something like back that. To back three, to back, yeah. yeah, three years, four years. I mean, they, they, what, what's the story? Is go, they celebrated birthdays, they, um, they got married on set, they had kids on set. It was just crazy, but they kept everyone together and kept going. I, I wish he had done this. Maybe he'll do it with two and three, but there's enough, there's enough material to keep going for, for years and years. Look at Game of Thrones, House of Dragons. I had an audition. For House of Dragons. Now I can't be a Targaryen, obviously, <laughs> dark hair, dark eyes, but I had an audition. Uh, what do you think I did for the audition? I did a monologue from Dune. Y- you know what I mean? So I did a monologue from Dune. I wish I did a monologue from Mandalorian because that's another another thing that I I'm a big Star Wars fan. I mean, Star Wars is in our blood. My my son was born May nineteenth of ninety nine. When episode one came out, and I got to tell you, his metachlorine rates are just off the charts. But, um, you know, I I enjoyed the movie. And every time I saw Dune, the five times, there was always something else that I caught. Maybe a little technical issue. Maybe maybe a word. Maybe something. But I was like, I can't believe I missed it. I can't believe I missed it. It goes down to the masterful directing and storytelling of Villeneuve and his team. It, it definitely does. Cause every scene that they had was researched. It was done. They took their time. I don't know how many takes they did. I didn't, I saw an interview with Timothy Chalmay, but they did it right. Even, even Josh Brolin. Okay. Even, um, even um, God, what's up uh, playing Duncan Idaho. Okay, um, Momoa, Momoa, Jason Momoa. Jason. I, I mean, you know, if you read the books, they were just on Gurney Halleck, Josh Brolin playing Gurney Halleck. Gurney never smiled. Gurney had a, a, a scar over here from the Harkonnen's whip, you know, and and they portrayed all of that. Duncan Idaho, Swordmaster of Ganaz, was tight with, with the young prince. So it was just, for me, it really hit everything, and it really... It really, um, it made a dent. I got lost in it. Stuff like that, I'll go by myself. 
I'll get, you know, the early morning ticket, whatever it opens up one o'clock in the afternoon. And I'll go by myself, get a cup of coffee. And I'm just sitting there just focused because I'm looking at it from a few perspectives. Now, 25 plus years in the business, when I feel I need a master's class, my, my man crush and my mentor from afar is Kenneth Branagh. Okay. English actor. Now there was something on Twitter recently and they're talking about all these English actors and they didn't bring up Derek Jacoby. They didn't bring up Kenneth Branagh. And I'm like, guys, okay. Christian Bale, um, you know, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart, Liam Neeson, and I can go on, but how about the classics? Okay. How about Lawrence Olivier rest in peace? How about all these classics that you just browsing over? So, of course, I went on to it and I'm like, well, how about this guy? How about that guy? How, I, how can you forget these masters? But when I need my master's class, I get a, I get a big Dunkin' Donuts. I get a dozen box of dozen donuts and I sit down and I watch Hamlet. Kenneth Branagh was, was Hamlet. He directed it. He produced it. He had the lead role. That is crazy to be in a Shakespearean <laughs> classic that way. But. If you look at that movie, you had from Robin Williams to Jack Lemon to uh, Billy Crystal to Derek Jacoby to people that I'm forgetting their names, classic contemporary actors that are in this movie. Now, I get a lot out of it, of course, from the acting perspective and how to emote and how to stretch and how to go there from different perspectives. But even from a producing perspective, I kind of sit back and I rewatch it. I actually take all day. It's a four-hour movie, but I think I take like 10 hours. And I'm re-watching. I'm like, how did they even set up that scene? How did that even happen? You know? So I keep analyzing, analyzing, analyzing. And that's that's kind of my process. Now, being a method actor, I I can't teach. Okay. Because it's my opinion, I don't take anything away from anybody. Doers do, non-doers teach, you know. I was a technologist, financial professional. You can either teach, you can go out there and do it. I coach and I help people. I tell them what I do, but I can't tell you what to do. I can never tell you, all right, Josh, this is how you cry. Ready? <laughs> go. I don't know. I don't know how it go there. I mean, I was, I was raised in Kearney, New Jersey, you know, middle-class kid, you know, a happy-go-lucky straight C student. I you know, my father cracked me when he had to crack me. Okay. Don't say that today, but he, he, he did what he had to do. And uh straight C student, I wasn't the wise guy in school. People liked me and I probably got pushed through a little bit. <laughs> I, probably, <laughs> I probably skated through high school, but um, you know, it, it is what it is. And um, I can lead by example. I can lead by example. And that's what I try to do. I'm big on social media. Not because I don't want to be like Daniel Day-Lewis. Guy got the Oscar. You haven't seen him since. Doesn't mean he's not working. But I want to be like The Rock. Everything. He's not, right? He's, he's, on, he's on social media all the time. Okay. Well, reports say he's now the highest paid actor. Not the best actor. The highest paid actor. Daniel Day-Lewis, one of the best actors, nowhere to be found. So... Not that I live out loud. You're not going to know my personal life. You're going to know what I want you to know. <laughs> and that's building my brand. I'm very brand aware. And that's what everybody has to worry about. And that's what you have to do. Because I represent Dennis Mallon, Inc. You know? And again, that comes down to my business mentality. So now I, I to, to get back to doing, man, I cannot wait. I can't wait for Mandalorian 3. Right. It's Mando three coming out. Ben Kenobi was amazing. I think it was amazing. Now they have it all put together in a two hour movie, which I'm going to watch tonight, which I can't wait. Uh, I thought that was amazing. And for, you know, for the actors out there, there's a streaming service coming out every day. There's a new streaming service at least once a week, once a month. And there's so much content out there, Josh. There's so much opportunity for seasoned gray hairs like myself, for new actors. There's so much out there. Because think about it. Game of Thrones. How many, how many names, how many named actors were hired? I don't know, Cersei, right? 
uh, maybe Peter Dinklage. But outside of that, they're all relatively new actors. Now think about it. If, if the top actor made 50 grand an episode and the newer actor made f- five to 10 grand an episode, how many seasons, how many episodes? You still finished off as a millionaire. Right. And oh, by the way, the world is your oyster. You know, it was kind of disconcerting that uh, Denny Villeneuve wasn't even nominated for Best Actor. Wasn't even nominated. Now, I was in The Irishman, and The Irishman was froze out, frozen out. The Irishman, <laughs> I, I, I don't think they didn't win anything at the Oscars. Okay. I don't think they won any Golden Globes. And I mean, De Niro, Pacino, Pesci, you know, it's just crazy. But I am glad. I think they picked up six or seven. Uh, Oscars, technical Oscars. None of the actors were nominated, right? Uh, as far as I remember, and Denny Villeneuve. That's okay. That's okay. You know, it's like it's like Tom Cruise. Is Tom Cruise going to win an Oscar? Has Tom Cruise won an Oscar? I don't believe he has. Will he win one in his lifetime? Maybe, maybe not. But here's the thing: he's laughing all the way to the bank. The man is laughing all the way to the bank, and that's just that's just the funny part. Would you rather make money or win the Oscar? And my question, my answer is yes. <laughs> yes, I, I'd rather I'd rather make a ton of money and win an Oscar. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, he would he was nominated for Born on the Fourth of July, but I don't think he go. won. But I don't think there he you did. go. You know, I thought one of his best movies was The Last Samurai. That was a good. One. I really, you know, I mean, when I when I put that on social media, people argue with me. I'm not looking to argue with anyone. For me. That's one of his best movies, because here's the thing, Josh, you know, whatever your favorite movie is, whatever favorite genre, you have to learn how to fight, how to ice skate, how to handle whatever car, weapon, blah. He had to learn, well, probably already knew how to ride a horse, knowing Tom Cruise there's nothing he can't do. But now he had to learn how to fight like a samurai. Okay, that doesn't look that easy. I've got a black belt from back in the day. And I did some sword play, but oh my gosh, you know, look at, uh, we were talking about Ben Kenobi. Look at those epic fights. Look at the Mandalorian. Look at Boba. Look at, we've got Ahsoka coming out. And what's the other one? We've got Endor coming out. There is so much content. Love Disney, hate Disney. It doesn't matter. There's stuff coming out. And I I read something recently that um, kind of bounced around. Game of Thrones, they're going to redo the ending. <laughs> Just leave it alone. It's been a few years now. Yeah. Leave it alone. House of Dragons, now you're going a thousand years back. You're going to redo the ending of Game of Thrones? All right. It is what it is. Maybe Jon Snow shouldn't have killed her. Maybe the dragon shouldn't have taken her away. I, you know, whatever. Leave it alone. But I like I, I they're coming out with a, a new something about Jon Snow being the kid, uh, king of the wildlings. That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun because he is a king. I mean, Aegon Targaryen, right? That's his name. But there's so much opportunity. It's a great time to be in the business. It really is. For people coming in new, if you do it right, if you work it like a business, it's a good time to come in. It really is. You're right in the sense that there's tons of content out there, but in a way, it's so oversaturated. So much stuff goes never seen. Without a doubt. I mean, if you look at my IMDb, there's stuff out there I'm still waiting to see. <laughs> you know, there's there's stuff out there that I, I really don't watch my work, per se. If you invite me to a red carpet, I'm kind of forced <laughs> to watch my work. But I really don't go out of my way to watch my stuff. That's just That's just me. Uh, like the Irishman. I've never seen the Irishman. Okay. Three hours. Josh, I can't sit still for how long are we on for? You know, my, my adult ADDDDDD, you know, I've got it. I've got to keep moving. It's why I keep drinking caffeine because caffeine actually keeps you regulated. I'm not a medical doctor just for me, but you know, I, when I started my career, I looked at it from a few perspectives. I can only get the young father and the young businessman. I couldn't get the sexy Calvin Klein model. Okay. I don't know why, but I just couldn't get it. And I looked at it. I'm 25 years old. If I can stay in the business for 10 years, 
the 10 million kids my age, my genre, you know, my look, they're going to fall out of the business because they're tired of being starving, of being a starving waiter. I always had a full-time job while I'm pursuing my dream. So 10 years hence, that 10 million people, it's now down to 2 million because now my age range is 35 to 50. Okay. Smaller demographic, smaller actor pool, still a lot of, still a lot of the same roles, still a lot of bigger roles. Okay. And the older I get, the bigger the roles are. Who's your favorite actor? Who's your favorite actor? Probably Denzel. Denzel. How old is Denzel? 53. I don't know. Something like that. Maybe oh, he's, Denzel Washington. He's over 60. Hey, Siri, how old is Denzel Washington? Siri's not going to answer me, of course. Sounds about right. <laughs> Siri, does, Siri does what Siri wants. The point being, Liam Neeson, got to be close to 70. Pacino. You know, there, there is Harrison Ford. There are still so many great roles. Uh, Daniel Craig, James Bond. How old is Daniel Craig? 53, 54. Right. James Bond. So I'm in the best shape of my life. I can learn an English accent. <laughs> I, I can be the next James Bond. The point being, unfortunately, for other actors, age plays a major role. As we get older, things open up to us. And it just, it's just, it's an interesting place to be. And you're right. You know, you can have longevity and you can do it right if you so choose. And that's what it comes down to. You've got to know yourself. You've got to take care of your instrument and you've got to go out there and just do the reps, man. You got to go out there and build. Okay. So you've, you've, you know what, as much as you talked about Dune, you know what you haven't done. Tell us what Dune is actually about, like the basic story of Dune. So you've got the socio-geopolitical <clears throat> religiosity of Dune. It's about a duke, okay? It's about a, it's about a family. It's about a family, the Atreides family, which comes, comes from the ancient Greek, Arteus, Artuus. So the family has evolved over the years. So now... The family has their fiefdom on a planet called Caledon. It's a it's a water planet. And Duke leader Atreides was forced into the uh, in, in, into the managing into the royalty by his father, because his father, not that he was a philanderer, but his father was very by the seat of his pants. His father got killed in bullfighting. Now you're like timeout bullfighting in the year. 3,400, whatever it is in the future. There's bullfighting in the future. Yeah, for stupid people like that. And something happened where the bull wasn't, um, somebody didn't hit the button to calm the bull down. The bull gored Duke Leto's father. So boom, Duke Leto is now thrust into royalty. He's now thrust in the, in the fief. He's now heading it up. So here he is, one of the most popular royals in in the landrod landrod look at Laurent. landrod is like our congress or the uh or the knesset or whatever body whatever political body but the landrod is the conglomerate of um of planets now the emperor of the time uh shaddam uh the padishah emperor shaddam the fourth is very jealous of duke leto duke leto being very popular being very single also is developing a new weapon that will rival the emperor's right hand called the Sardaukar. Sardaukar uh, warriors that are known throughout the universe were raised and trained on the planet Seleucus Secundus. Now, back in the day, Seleucus was a thriving planet. And then it was nuked. There was a war. It was nuked. And now it's a barren planet where it used to be a prison planet. But it made sense to turn the prisoners into these into these elite warriors. Now, with all that happening, the House of Atreides was always at odds with the House of Harkonnen or Harkonnen, depending on how you pronounce that. The Harkonnens had their homeworld of Giddy, Giddy Prime, pretty oily planet, pretty dark planet, pretty industrial planet. Now, the commodity that everyone needed at that time was called spice. Okay, 
spice. Look at cinnamon as spice. But cinnamon makes you have these ethereal dreams and make you have this empathic ability of seeing into the, into the future. Well, there is a um, technology at that time where you can fold space, you can fold worlds. So just like, let's say, Star Wars, you hit warp drive or excuse me, Star Trek warp, warp drive. Uh, you can just fold space. Well, you had the guild navigators. The guild navigators were these people that were immersed in spice gas. They were immersed in spice gas. Now, either, either you survive and your body morphs into this unrecognizable thing, but you now have this ability via your mind to warp space, okay? So the spice is the major commodity. It's like oil today. It's like oil today. You know, we want to wean off of oil, but we can't. We, we want to wean off of oil, but we can't. It's like if someone says, there's no more oil for you today, Dennis, boom, I'm screwed. I, I, the way I drive, I've got a, I've got a Mercedes. What am I going to do with my Mercedes? Put water, I, I, you know, spice is life. Okay. Spice is life. And they're fighting over spice. So the Harkonnens have their fief on the planet Arrakis, also known as Dune. Dune is the only planet where spice is mined. So there's wealth. The emperor, Padishah Emperor Shaddam IV, is removing the Harkonnens from Arrakis and giving it to the Atreides Duke, Duke Lido. Now, okay. Now, the Duke's Mentat. Mentat is a right-hand man or woman, right-hand person that is trained to think 10, 100 different steps ahead. And they drink what's called Sappho juice because their lips are that their lips are changed. Their lips are purple, but Sappho juice allows them to get into a mind trance and think ahead. So um, what's the uh, what's the Duke's Mentat? Thufor Hawat says, we're walking into a trap. But knowing about the trap is a lot easier and you can, you can spring the trap knowing you're walking into a trap. Now, why are the Harkonnens, which had a, a, a fight with the Atreides from, from day one? Now, the reason why they had to fight with the Atreides from day one, this goes generationally back. There was a war and House Harkonnen and House Atreides fought together. They were actually allies at one time. Okay. But the way the story goes, and I don't remember these specifics, um, I think it was House Harkonnen that was actually uh, the turncoat and actually sold out some aspect of House Atreides. Well, there's a blood feud that went generations. Now, you have the Bene Gesserit, you have a sisterhood of what are called witches. They use the spice, they use the uh, living water basically a sandworm, Shai Hulud, sandworm, that dissolves in water, they drink it, okay? And it gives them, them that empathic vision. Well, they're trying to build what's called the Kwisatz Haderach, the super being. And what they're trying to do is blend bloodlines over the years, okay? Now, one would argue, and it's in one of the books, that Lady Jessica, okay, the concubine of Duke Leto, is Reverend Mother Guy's Helen Mohim's daughter. And the reason why Baron Vladimir Harkonnen is as obese as he is and, and riddled and has such aches is because he raped Guy's Helen Mohim as she was an acolyte. Okay, it's in one of the books. Don't, I don't remember exactly. It is written, but that's why he is in such shape that he's in. Now in Dune 2, upcoming Dune 2, and the character that Sting played back in the David Lynch movie, the gentleman who just played Elvis, what's his name, is playing this Harkonnen. Now, oh, Austin Butler. Austin Butler, which I loved Elvis, by the way. I love that Elvis depiction. I love the way that story go. I, I was really disturbed. If the colonel did half of these things to Elvis, oh, my gosh. So Austin Butler is coming in to play another Harkonnen air. So you've got Beast Raban Harkonnen, 
which is going in there and squeezing the people and abusing the Fremen, abusing the, the, the people of, uh, of Arrakis, squeezing them, squeezing them, squeezing them out of spice, squeezing them, having them work long hours and stuff like that. He's going to have his nephew. What's the character's name right now? It, it escapes me. Going to have the nephew come in and be the savior. So you've got the Harkonnens, which have been in Arrakis for years and are pulling out billions and billions and billions of dollars. They're leaving. And here comes their mortal enemy, the Atreides. Thus, the drama begins. You have peace on your home world of, uh, of Kaladin. You have peace, prosperity. Why are you walking into this trap? Well, from a geopolitical perspective, the Duke is not only the most popular Duke in, in, in the Landrad, in the universe, now he's going to gain such wealth. He's going to gain a lot more a lot more influence. The Emperor is, you know, basically jealous. He's jealous of the Duke. So they form a trap where the Harkonnens are going to come back. The Harkonnens are going to invade the planet, Dune, Arrakis, and the Emperor is going to give them three legions of his Sardaukar super troops to wipe the Atreides family from the universe. Well, the Bene Gesserit, they always have a saying, there's plans within plans within plans. The person who basically gave up the Duke was, uh, was Dr. Yui. That Dr. Yui has a symbol, uh, like a diamond on his forehead. He's a suck doctor, S-U-K doctor, which means he's gone through royal conditioning, which means you should be able to trust him. But something happened where the Harkonnens were able to break his conditioning and he turned on his own Duke. But for the Duke doing something for him, and I'm not going to give away the entire movie, for the Duke doing something for him, he saved the life of Paul and Lady Jessica. Okay. <laughs> well, was that a good, was that a oh, good? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we've <laughs> talked about potential sequel. We've talked about David Lynch's. Yeah. Here's, what, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make a final pitch to sell someone on watching Dune. Maybe they which, this isn't their one? thing. You know what? Do both. Go for both. Give them why they so, should do David Lynch's and why they should go to this one. You know what? You, you should. So here's the thing: you should watch that Denny Villeneuve news movie first. And the reason why it's a masterpiece. And don't watch an HBO Max. Nothing against HBO Max. It's built for the big screen. I don't know if it's still out there. Probably not. It is what it is. It is a visual masterpiece. It's a visual masterpiece. Mr. Villeneuve only covered about 100 pages of a 300-page book. Okay? It lays out the groundwork for the story. And you can slowly understand the geopolitical aspect of it. Now, the characters that I mentioned weren't even brought in to doing one okay so watch watch the first movie watch Danny Villeneuve's movie because it's going to lay the groundwork for you then I want you to go back and I want you to watch 83 84 84 David Lynch's movie it is a masterpiece visually it is a good movie visually though they try to squeeze a lot in I want you to watch it because and I don't want you to go back and forth and compare because they're two very different movies based on the same premise, based on the same story. David Lynch's movie, he squeezes so much into 90 minutes. So there's a lot that you don't know, but it's going to help lay the groundwork for Dune 2. So when you see Dune 2 and you finally meet the Padishah Emperor and you finally build out what happens with Chani, and builds out what happens with Princess Erlen and takes it to the next level. And talking about the Kwisatz Haderach and talking about his sister and talking about everything that happens, you're going to have such groundwork. Now, what's going to happen during all this? If you're anything like me, Josh, and probably like you, you're going to, want, you're going to want to read the books. You're going to want to grab the books. Now, what I'm a kind of guy. I need to go book one, book two, book three. 
now there's book negative five, negative four, negative three, negative two, negative one. When I say negative, you know what I mean. Okay. Uh, let's say BD before Dune, whatever you, you know. So my biggest issue with George Lucas, Mr. Lucas, what's book one of Star Wars? What do you mean? Well, if I wanted to read the story and start from book one, what's book one? What do you consider book one? Oh, we, we don't have a book one. Well, why not? For someone like me, I need book one. So I, I never read the Star Wars books. So because I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Game of Thrones. I love George R.R.R.R. Martin, another New Jersey boy. Peter Dinklage, another New Jersey boy. We all come from Hudson County, New Jersey. I think uh, Peter Dinklage is from Hoboken, New Jersey, Hudson County. And George R.R. Martin is from, he's from Hudson County. I, I forget what town. I'm from Kearney, Hudson County. Something about that county. Great county. Where the dead vote twice and often. Hudson County. But, you know, his books, you know, what's book one? What's book two? Well, Song of Ice and Fire captures 10,000 years. That doesn't help me out. I've read the books, but okay, now we're going back a thousand years. So, you know, creative license is one thing, helping someone and build a fan base. So with Dune, read Dune one, read Frank Herbert's masterpiece. Now, Frank Herbert, as genius as he was, he put together the Bible as to how to film that movie. That Bible has been studied by Lucas, Spielberg, uh, all the masters of that era. Now, Lucas and Spielberg, Lucas, Spielberg, and there's three other directors that basically hung out together. And they kind of grew up together and they're raised together. So what I love about it, and you, you read about it now, Industrial Light and Magic. I always said that technology has to catch up to George Lucas's vision. And George Lucas had, has ILM. Everybody uses ILM. Spielberg uses ILM. You know, whoever, <clears throat> they all get the technology from Industrial Light and Magic. So think about the vision that we, you and I are best friends. We're drinking buddies. You're doing one movie. I'm doing another movie. But we're buddies, right? I'm not stepping on your toes. You're not stepping on my toes. And I go, hey, Josh, you know, I got this movie about a shark. And it's a mechanical shark. And it's going to attack Long Island. It's going to feeding frenzy. And, you know, I got this. I got that. It's going to be a thriller. Hey, man, I love it. Hey, Dan, you know, I, I got this, you know, uh, kind of sci-fi, kind of, kind of, you know, you know, boy saves girl kind of movie villain wearing this dark mask, et cetera, et cetera. I've got three movies. I'm gonna make. Wow, that's awesome, man. So we bounce ideas off each other. Stuff like that, that's, that's a bygone era. You don't hear about that today. You don't hear, you know, these directors sharing thoughts, sharing ideas and bouncing back and forth. So, you know, it's, it was a different time. And I'm glad that technology has caught up to his vision. You know, when, um, when Disney bought Pixar and then Disney bought Lucas, I remember reading... Bob Iger's book. Great book, by the way. Great, great book. Bob Iger, I remember him, Channel 7, ABC Sports. And he worked up to be the CEO of Disney. He gave Jobs a certain deal with Pixar. Pixar. Okay, Pixar would come out with a great movie, what, every three months? Whatever. Steve Jobs had stuff from the funnel. When Lucas went to Job, uh, when Lucas went to Iger, Lucas goes, I want to see the same deal as Pixar. He goes, no. What do you mean? No. He goes, you come out with a movie every three years. Jobs comes out with a movie every three months. And oh, by the way, they're all award-winning movies. And they make, I don't know, a stupid billion dollars every time they come out. No, you're not getting the same deal. You know, he was a little butt sore, but you know, he still walked away two, three, a billion, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. So it, it's just, I still go back to saying we are in a very interesting environment there's a, a friend of mine and the casting director down here mindy merriweather she's over on the east coast and she posted something on facebook i guess six months maybe a year ago and basically said this is going to be the golden time for actors because there's just so much out there 
keep pushing ahead, keep putting your head down, keep grinding because there's so much going on. Okay. There's so much content. There's so much money to be thrown at different things. And there's so many streaming services. So just keep at, you know, keep on keeping on because it's just a matter of time. And if you can keep, she told me personally, she goes, if you can keep yourself busy during the dark times, COVID, right. <laughs> if you can keep yourself busy and you're still moving forward, things are going to open up for you. And that's, that's exciting. And that's exciting. That's what, you know, if you love what you do, Josh, you don't work a day in your life. That's why I work every day. <laughs> you know, that, that's it. And I, I just finished a book. I'm going to be on a show uh, later this week. And I just finished a book and, you know, it's about the hustle. It's about the hustle. You got to keep your nine to five while you're pursuing your dream because dreams are made not Monday through Friday, nine to five. They're made after hours. Entrepreneurs work when people are sleeping. Why? Anybody can be a millionaire. You can trip over a rock. You can win the lottery, be a millionaire. Okay. How about building a legacy? How about building and achieving your dream? That takes time. That takes hours. You're not going to sit in front of the boob tube at night and someone's going to come across and drop an opportunity in your lap that you're not going to have to work. You got to have to work it. And this is a business. And this is, this is what I do. I work it every day. I work it every day. And uh, I'm not there yet, Josh, but I'm very happy where I am because there's a lot of stuff going on. I, uh, I heard from a company over in Oregon that might want to fly me out for, <clears throat> for a lead role. Um, I'm waiting to hear back. I might be in New York in August for a lead role. There's just so much going on. I'm just really, I'm really happy the doors that are opening and really how we're positioned. You know, it, it just really, it just really feels good. And talking to a guy like you, you know, and, and your fans and your followers, you know, it, it allows me to build a, a whole new base, you know, to really get my name out there and build a whole new base. And hopefully people come see some of the work that I've done. You know, I have something on my IMDb, you know, I look for broken characters. I, I look for scripts that have so much meat in them because it allows me to show range. It allows me to get into it. I mean, look at Christian Bale, American Psycho. Oh my God. It's, that's, it's just crazy. Okay. But a, a great actor like that, you look, you look for something that you can show your range. And that's what I do. You know, could I play the hot Calvin Klein model or the rom-con? Probably I can. I don't get that because it's tougher. Anybody can play the white knight. That's easy. How about playing the, the dark guy, the, the meaty character, you know, the nefarious looking blah, blah, blah. That's where I came in. That's what a fun is for me. Okay. I think that is a perfect <laughs> note to go out on. So why don't you take a minute and remind everybody where they can find you online, where they can find your work so they can check sure. you out. I know you should mention the Irishman. I own that on Criterion Blu-ray. So there you, you go. Have to go back and look for well, it. Apparently I was cut. I, oh. I was at the gym. I was at the gym the other day and I've got a young pastor. And he goes, I saw that Scottish movie you're in. Scottish <laughs> movie. Yeah. I'm like, he goes, yeah, that mafia movie, that mafia movie. Huh? I go, oh, the Irishman. He goes, yeah, I, wa I watched it for three hours looking for you. I go, oh, I got cut. He goes, what? I go, yeah, I mean, I'll show you pictures. I was in the 1950s wardrobe. I drove some 1950s beautiful car uh, down in Miami. And I show him the picture. He goes, oh, man, I go, right, things happened. The check cleared. I got paid, huh? you know, and I, it's on my IMDb, but it happened. Um, so I'm all over YouTube, Dennis Mallon, M-A-L-L-E-N. You know, I'm new to TikTok. Please follow me on TikTok. Please follow me on Instagram. Uh, I am on Twitter. Um, I'm on Facebook. I've got a fan page on Facebook. But please, 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 if I can help anybody with anything, Josh, hit me up. Find me. It's me and my son, Dennis Mallon III. Okay. Uh, he's a little shorter than me. But, you know, I am what I am. You can find me anywhere. And please, all, all of my work, the majority of my work, I'd say about 75%, 80% of my work is up on YouTube. 
And uh, I've got it broken down by media appearances, podcasts like this, uh, features, shorts, commercials. And I'm really blessed to be a working actor. So, you know, I do have a lot out there. I have a lot coming out. And uh, I, I just, I appreciate you, man. I really do. And I appreciate your time today. You know, thanks for everybody that's watching. And thanks for everyone that's following. And I, I really appreciate you. Hope to come back on your show with some big news sometime soon. And uh, go it was about there, that doing you know? sequel. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I tell you, if the phone rings right now, it's Mr. Villeneuve. Oh, it's just, the phone just moved. If it rings right now, it's like, I'll take it. What, what role? It doesn't matter. What do you, I'm on my way. You know, I'll call you first. Josh, I got it. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, that, that, that's awesome. I, I hope it happens. Hey. Like I said, there's a lot to cover in Dune, so it can, it can oh, keep going. So there's he's, he's got to go. Somebody was saying recently about a series. First off, I hope he does like Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, and just bangs out at least two, three books. Okay. Because, you know, there's so much material there. And or make it a series. Sci-Fi Channel, they did the best they could because it was Sci-Fi Channel. But right. uh, if he can do it and just let HBO pick it up and do it like Game of Thrones and just make a series out of it. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? You can't. Ah, crazy. Crazy stuff. But thank you, my friend. I appreciate your time today. I appreciate everybody watching. And thank you for everything. Absolutely. I appreciate you. And as always, you can follow the show. Easiest thing to do, linktr.ee slash YNF movie pod. It'll have the podcast platforms, YouTube, YouTube channel, my personal letterbox, so you can see what I'm watching that's not being covered on the show. I'm most active on Twitter. I am on Instagram, but I'm most active on Twitter. So definitely reach out there. Like Dennis said, you can reach out to him as well. He responds quickly. So until next week, I'll be back with a new guest and a new movie. And who knows, that may be your next favorite movie. You guys take care. I'll talk to you next time.